Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast. Today is Friday, December 1st. I'm Anastasia Glova, your host. Yesterday, the Cato Institute, in conjunction with the International Foundation for Liberty and the Atlas Economic Research Foundation, held a conference on Latin America between populism and modernity. Cuban writer Carlos Alberto Montaner, who spoke at the conference, joins us in today's podcast. What's Cuba's role in Latin America today? It's a very old leadership, just important for very few people. What we call the more radical left, like Chavez, probably Morales. And that's it. I mean, he, I think Castro, after close to 50 years in power, do not have a strong influence in the political thought of, political thinking of Latin America. It's a complete failure in economic terms and in, in a political terms. It's a tragedy. I mean, it's a dictatorship with hundreds of political prisoners. And no one that believes in human rights and freedom could take seriously Castro, or if you can take seriously, but as an enemy of uh, freedom and democracy. How would you say things have changed on a day-to-day level since Raul assumed the leadership? I think not too much. He's just uh, occupying all the institutions with his people, and they are preparing for the next Congress, the sixth Congress, that I suppose will be a ratification of of the more Stalinist uh, positions, like in the same like in the first five Congress. They are trying to do this before Castro disappears. They are trying to launch this sixth Congress with Castro alive in order to energize the more Stalinist line in the party. But eventually that will disappear. I mean, communism is an anachronism in Latin America and in the world, basically in the Western world. And no one can believe that Cuba will be a communist regime forever that's absorbed. Marxism, Leninism, that's words from the past. Nothing to do with the present or nothing to do, of course, with the future. Does the change in leadership and Castro's imminent death present an opportunity to change the status quo, or will it be business as usual? No, 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 no. It's an opportunity. And eventually, freedom and democracy will come to Cuba. The problem is that this will take some time. It's not easy to fight against a structure of powers. It's very old, but it's very very strong. But we have many signals that tell us that um, even in in this structure of power, there are many people that are not happy with the situation in, in the island. I mean, they're not happy with Marxism. They want really a profound change. And Castro is the person who is stopping that and the person who is the responsible for this not to happen. So Castro has been a very robust leader, keeping Cuba on a very tight leash, but Raul lacks that kind of charisma. So do you think that with the political agitation at home and pressure from abroad, that we will see dramatic changes in coming years? I think the changes are inevitable. They will come. And at the end, we will have some kind of a pact between the reformists inside the government and the Democrats of the opposition, the Democratic opposition, the dissidents. More or less what we saw in Eastern Europe. I think what is going to happen in Cuba is a relation, it will be a combination of what happened in Eastern Europe and what we saw in Nicaragua in 1990, in Chile. A democratic solution using democracy as a way to destruct the uh, totalitarian system. We will need, for doing this, we will need the help 
of the reformists inside the, the regime. With Castro alive, those reformists do not have any kind of power. As soon as Castro disappears, these people are going to be more, more visible. Could you describe Cuba's relationship with Venezuela? The relation is very important. Cuba received probably more than $2 billion a year as a, some form of subsidies from Venezuela, more than 100,000 barrels of oil daily, which is a, an amount, an incredible amount of oil. And uh, they're trying to combine their strengths, Cuban and Venezuela, to do something that is absolutely crazy. They're trying to replace Soviet Union. This even was expressed by Pérez Roque, the, chancellor, the Cuban chancellor in Venezuela, in Caracas, last December. The vision that they have of history, of, the, of their own uh, role in history, is to replace Soviet Union, because Soviet Union disappeared because it was a corrupt power and was penetrated by the CIA and all those crazy ideas. But now, Havana and Caracas, they have the responsibility to take the uh, to, to do the job that the Soviet Union couldn't deliver. They will start in Latin America. They will conquer Latin America. At the end, the, the great enemy is the United States. They will defeat the United States, and they will establish the uh, happiness forever on Earth. As you can see, this utopia is part of the craziness of those uh, of these people, but this is the way they are. If Cuba goes the way of democracy, can it really stand at its own two feet without the subsidies that it now receives from Venezuela? You have to change the system. Cuba has a great opportunity to be a very prosperous and rich country for different reasons. First, and this is a very interesting paradox, first for the human capital created during the communist regime. Because the communism, and that's the paradox, is a horrible system always but it's good educating people, not educating, instructing people. It's good giving universities, giving uh, some kind of professional instruction. And in Cuba, we have close to 1 million, in a population of uh, 11 million people, we have 1 million professionals, a lot of engineers, 65,000 physicians. What this demonstrates is that the system is crazy because with that human capital, the outcome, the results should be a lot better. If they are horrible, it's because the system do not work. As soon as you change the way the people do their transactions and you introduce a market mechanism and you introduce private property and you open the society, Cuba will flourish and in one generation will be at the top of Latin America, close to Chile. I don't have any doubt. If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional, one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.